You're listening to ayahuascapodcast.com. Trae naina con la vida, vida de la baila, cura con la guaira, limpia, limpia, taita, vibrando con la hualca. Hello, Kani. Welcome to Ayahuasca in Colombia podcast. No, actually, that's not our name. Ayahuasca podcast. <laughs> la Wara podcast. Uh, no, it's actually Ayahuasca podcast. I have... Um, okay. I recently got the domain ayahuasca podcast. You registered it. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, we will be, if you give us time, the ayahuasca podcast that everyone will go to. But as of now, we are at our humble beginnings, just having faith and uh, (laughs) growing and expanding. So Kani is coming live to us from India. Which Which part? I am in a place called Lucknow, which is towards the north of India, uh, so close to Delhi. It's a capital city, very city-like, nothing like where you are. <laughs> Why does it look like I'm in India and and you're and you're <laughs> and you're in Colombia? Because I have a man, this big uh, mandala from India behind me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, kind of you. You came to our retreat in September, right? And we had some um, very fun conversations regarding the the parallels that both you and, and me were noticing in the, in the Eastern tradition, Eastern spirituality tradition, and the Amazonian plant medicine tradition. And uh, so that's what this episode will be about. We'll talk about, uh, from the perspective of Kani, about what she knows about Eastern spirituality, and she knows a lot. She's very smart. And uh, I'll talk about the very limited amount of information I have on uh, Amazonian tradition and we see how it goes. Okay, let's do it. I mean, right off the bat, I'm no expert. Okay, so I'm I'm rediscovering my own roots and my spirituality myself. So um, I've lived in the UK for the best part of my life. Um, we weren't particularly religious or spiritual growing up. So it, this is just me kind of reading and rediscovering stuff and so if I'm wrong please feel free to correct me I'm very happy for that for any of your audience members but yeah I'll try and like see what we've got um yeah that's a good idea Kanye thanks for being humble we should be <laughs> humble and um if, yeah if anything uh, guys you can comment on the live stream and uh, we'll uh we'll reply so, are you watching the live stream so you'll tell us uh yeah i will i need to figure out how to do it because when i open it it starts to uh, starts to make a lot of a lot of noise yeah i I figured it out (laughs) so kani um you uh you're in india i'm here in, in in south america it's perfect for us to like you know you can feel that energy there and i can feel that energy here so um first question will be it seems that like those two cultures they seem to go both hand in hand like uh one seemed to sort of complement the other and um and and reinforce each other like for example at our retreats we we really like to start with a bit of meditation before the ceremony so people can get connected and it really helps with their plant medicine experience and then we like to do yoga because it also helps like what do you think they're they're so complementary I think they're trying to um, 
work on the same system, right? The human body, the human spirit and mind. So, so absolutely one tradition um, evolved to use plant medicines to work on these systems and another has, has developed other strategies. And so there's, you know, all the parallels um, of working with, with these systems. And I think um, <clears throat> from what I experienced at the retreat, um, a lot of what um, you guys or all of the experience felt very similar to, to what, what we kind of call Tantra. So Tantra has been like, the term has been bastardized, I think, in the West to associate it with sexuality and whatever. That's not what Tantra is. Tantra is basically using energy uh, for spiritual growth. And so um, I felt that that's what we were doing with the plant. Um, so so Taita works a lot with energy, as you will tell us a bit more about, hopefully. But um, that's what we felt, that healing was happening at that energy body level. Um, and there's, of course, a lot of like physical purging that happens as well. Um, and um, I, there's a lot of like Indian um, uh, tradition, there's a whole system of how to heal with purging. And there's a whole um, ceremony kind of called Panchakarma as part of Ayurveda, which is like the Indian medicine system. And uh, that involves um, taking purgatives and like um, releasing. And they often say that a lot of emotion will be released during this time. Um, and, and so these, these systems seem to have a lot of, lot of parallels in that way. Um, yeah, 100% because like if you go to the jungle and you say, I have this disease, I have that disease, the prescription is almost always going to include some kind of uh, purge. And, uh, and some of them are very tough, uh, like, you know, hours of uh, vomiting. And it feels like, what, what's the connection, right? But if you do it, strangely enough, uh, it helps. And then, um, yeah, it, a lot, a lot of purging. And, and, and the way Taita explains it, uh, for those who don't know, Taita is a, is, an, is a Colombian name for shaman in, in their language. He explains that, yeah, the energies leave you with together with the vomit. And sometimes during the ceremony, for example, drinking ayahuasca, because it also has a, a, a purge part to it, you, you start feeling an emotion or, or a memory comes up and it sort of swirls rolls around. around you yeah, <laughs> and kind of like, and makes you nauseous and then comes out together with, with, the, with the purge. And it's like, how, how do you explain that? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, so there are other parallels in Ayurveda in our systems as well, which make use of the purging. And I think that's quite a key component to both like ayahuasca. I think the purge, it's, it's called Laparga, right? Um, I think that's a huge, huge part of it and still have to figure out what that is and why, but it seems to be a key component of all of it. Were, were psychedelics ever used in Eastern spirituality? Have you read anything about it yourself? Um, so my understanding was very limited until we had that conversation. Um, so for, for me, I know that substances are used. So um shiva is is one of the three um sort of entities that we worship the key ones <clears throat> he's like the known as the destroyer and he um has a lot of like stories he's he's supposed to be constantly um intoxicated um and that's the state he is in at all times um there's a there's a whole um tradition of using i don't know if you know the dura 
they are the fruit and the flower that's um, supposed to be um, supposed to have hallucinogenic properties. And that's sort of often um, given to him as a presentation to like um, ask for his blessings, that sort of thing. So that's still used by certain ascetic um, like sadhus and stuff in India, aghoris and stuff like that to like bring about states and spiritual awakening. So that's actually part of, so I knew about that. And marijuana is used quite a bit actually as well and in, in, in sort of relation to Shiva, the festivals that are associated with him. Um, normal people just like get high on, <laughs> on what we call bhang, which is like the milk concoction of um, marijuana. But I didn't know and, until you mentioned the Soma story. Mm -hmm. um, so I looked it up actually, and it's super interesting. So um, they, uh, it's for, for me, Soma was always like either the moon god or like it's supposed to be like something that washes over you like a plasma, like a brain fluid plasma sort of, sort of thing. But when you look into it, there's a whole chapter in um, the uh, Rig Veda, which is like 1500 BC. Um, that like uh, talks about um, methods of thinning the veils between uh, the waking state of consciousness and sort of deeper transcendent layers and the ways to do that. And so um, mantras are one of, one of them and kind of tapas, which is the meditation, the arduous yoga and all of that to get into that state is another, but they also mention something called ashadi, which are, is supposed to be herbs and uh, light-filled herbs and herbs that like bring light. And so the, there's a whole like chapter, the ninth mandala, which describes like the preparation of it and what it like, um, what sort of thing it's like. And it seems like it's, it was suggested either it's a psychedelic mushroom um, or it's something very similar to like a brew to ayahuasca so like you use the stalk of this plant whatever this plant is and no one's actually managed to recognize what the plant is yet maybe it's lost maybe because the, the sort of methods existed further up in the Himalayas it's supposed to be a mountainous plant um, and to use this, the, the stalk which is I think ayahuasca used the vine right and then um, it's, it's it, described as a climbing plant um, which I think is similar to and then you kind of like crush that and like um it's bitter and fermented and it filters through you so it's Sounds it's like basically ayahuasca the same, yeah. right like you know I, I i have a i'm not a i'm not a scholar I, I don't know much about it but from what you said <laughs> i i have a theory right uh, yeah. there is a maoi that can maoi inhibitors that are contained in the vine itself they they activate they allow you to make DMT orally active, active but they also right. make other psychedelics like mushrooms uh, be more powerful. So for example, there's this concept of psilocybin, like psilocybin ayahuasca, basically, and okay. mixing those two. So what if it was, what if it was something like that, like MAOI from that vine, and it, it occurs in nature in other plants, like there's I know there is an, an acacia that's a DMT. Like there's many plants that have those compounds. It's um, um, and and they grow in different parts of the world. Maybe there was or still is a plant like that, and somebody just figured it out and they they were doing something very similar. So yeah, that's that's another parallel, right? The psychedelics, Absolutely. because I, I think that 
uh, Eastern tradition now is largely associated with um, with meditation and like sort of self work, mm -hmm. just stuff coming from your own body. But I think that people who wrote all this literature and who became that uh, enlightened definitely had the help from some kind of psychedelic, because uh, the difference in, for example, um, tradition here in in the in the Amazon in South America is that. They seem to have. Uh, they don't seem to have that many scriptures surviving. Mm. Like uh, I'm sure they had it because to have that amount of knowledge uh, and and not have it, you know, you see those ancient temples that are very similar. You know, mega like le talking about parallels, right? One of them would be uh, psychedelics. Another one of them, you know, as we spoke, purges. Another one would be megalithic structures. You have a lot of mm. them in India as well. They have a lot of them here. So these cultures, they seem to have coexisted and they, they seem to have such a level of advancement that I would be really surprised if they did not communicate to one another, you know. But that's Completely a different continents, a totally right? Different, Across the world. <laughs> yeah. It's a totally um, different topic, uh, huge in itself, but um, yeah. uh, really... I mean, I think... So, so cultures that are born out of the land, right? Like your relationship with the land um, and your relationship with your, your natural environment, they're all, I feel like they're all gonna evolve in generally the same direction. Um, so even if it is across the globe, like there's gonna be some what we call morphic resonance, right? Across the globe of like creatures of the same type evolving at the same, because the consciousness is evolving at the same kind of level. And so you will see parallels across um plus, there's like a lot of data you know, around morphic resonance as well which is super interesting but when, when you yeah. drink ayahuasca or even either other psychedelics you, one of the first revelations or as we call them universal truths is that we're all connected so and and, and you do and you do feel other people you know not only people other you know life uh, forms but i'm sure that you know in that collective unconscious somewhere there they were even if they were not physically connected you know taking boats or something like that they were definitely connected in some other ways because the the amount of similarities is just uh there's too many and you know we're just touching on it uh let's let's talk about the other one right what is the significance of serpent in in the eastern tradition yeah. because, you know, when you drink ayahuasca um it's largely known as a there, there is a serpent energy to it like sometimes you even even your body sort of moves like a, like a serpent uh, and and they say because it's a vine vine is a is a serpent in a way and uh but but what about eastern tradition honestly i know nothing about it <laughs> so so for some reason the serpent is connected to spirituality because it's everywhere so in our symbology in our like myths there's always stories around um uh like snakes being present either as a um kind of vehicle for the god or or for example shiva wears um a snake around his neck as, as a very common symbol um and uh, i think it's a lot to do with um so uh we can come to it, but Kundalini energy is considered a serpent energy that sits at the base of your um, spine. And it's a dormant energy that doesn't do anything unless you try and um, activate it and try and clear the channels of energy that like uh, ascend to, through all your seven chakras up to the top of your head, right? So 
um, it's it's uh, it's got that kind of quality to it. And there's two channels that are present that like twirl around each other called the Ida and Pingala. Those are the two like sun and moon channels that exist. And like when they cross, that's where each of the chakras are. And so like that's the kind of like um, symbology that exists. And the, the vine thing is the fact that ayahuasca looks like intertwining serpents, super interesting. Cause there's, um, there's like a myth, we call it a myth or you can call it like whatever, but um, that the, the, the thing, um, so herbs, herbologists say this, that the thing that's supposed to affect that particular organ looks a lot like that organ. So for example, walnuts like look a lot like the brain It's super helpful for like brain development. Um, there's like, uh, I'm not getting like ginger apparently looks a lot like a stomach or, you know, like a, your intestines or whatever. Um, uh, avocados are really good for women's health and it looks like the womb, you know, with the little uh, <laughs> the, the seed at the middle. So the fact that ayahuasca divine looks so much like um, that channel system, I feel like it has some sort of energy effect. I don't know what that is. I'm still trying to figure it out, but like something on that channel. Mm -hmm. um, so I, that's the parallel that I saw quite like immediately. I mean, um, and the the other one obviously is that why is it making an appearance in all the visions and stuff? And I think there is something there. Um, Interesting. Um, yeah. When uh, when you drink ayahuasca, there's this moment. At least it's it's a bit of a kind of realm place, but where where you go, and it seems to be filled by bodies of snakes with patterns on them. Kind yes. of like yeah. Have you been there? What is that? <laughs> yeah. And it seems like they're sort of like grinding against each other and, and yeah. you're sort of in the middle of it with like a buzzing sort of sounds. Like an ego grinder you go through and then and then when you come on the other side and you start recollecting your ego, you, you kind of create a better version and then you feel really good. But it's a painful experience. It's really like you feel being being ground up and uh, oh my God. Another Thank thing you, you mentioned. This is what I experienced. I could not describe it for the life of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it, it connected. Yes, yeah, sometimes in the in, in our word circles, I, I hear somebody describe something, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> and and a lot and a lot of things are. And you feel recurring. like you're trapped in it. So like I felt really immobile. Like I could not move when I'm in that sort of state, and I I felt like the whole thing is like just around me. Just, just, does that make sense? Like you're being squashed by the snake, but not really. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely, being, being, being ground up. Yeah. Um, and I, you mentioned chakras, right? And I remember that was what sparked our conversation at the retreat. Uh, I noticed, I noticed when when Taita goes and does the cleaning, he goes and uses the the floral water to make crosses on where your chakras supposed to be. And and I and I was like, okay. and I know he he does not. I mean, not, not that he's illiterate or, or doesn't know much, but I know for sure he's not reading books on Eastern traditions or reads anything at all. He just li lives in the jungle and cooks the medicine, right? He's just really connected to that. But somehow he consciously or unconsciously knows where the chakras are because he goes and puts crosses from that plant right on all the chakras, obviously without uh, touching, you know, inappropriate points, but... <laughs> 
it's um uh like we I mean, have he, can see, he can see the energy right like yeah. that's my that's what i think is happening they can visually like you know how people can read auras or whatever like i feel like uh -huh. you can probably see people's like there is a um particular um spiritual guru that i follow and he's done a whole thing where he's like sat with somebody like felt things and then he just draws like oh this is this is this particular chakra is a bit strong for you this one isn't so strong and like he just like notes all these things i'm, I'm guessing it's possible to to read and sense these things and we just don't have like the perception for it but he obviously does having worked with plants for for a long time and being like in this tradition for, for his entire like several generations um, yeah, I'm sure he does not know what even the word chakra means. No, but I think not. he knows what it really means more than more than any Anybody. of us. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, uh, yeah. Are there any medicine systems like spiritual methods in Eastern spirituality similar to indigenous medicine and shamanism here in, in Amazon? So I think shamanism has existed everywhere um like um so Taoists and kind of the zen um chinese traditions or, or shamans there's sham there's like shamanistic branches to all traditions i feel and those are like the ones that are super close to nature i i think um any and like we were saying before like any kind of culture system that's evolved from from living with and in tandem with nature understanding it's like subtle you know uh, being sensitive to it and everything i think that they develop these systems um and uh i think uh so the way i was talking about ayurveda i think ayurveda has a, a big sort of it's it's um uh all of our traditions were oral traditions right for the longest time and then we managed to write them down and i think that's the difference that you were saying that we you know indigenous cultures we haven't quite scribed them down or like i think knowledge is passed down but by oral traditions so whether it's like depending on how the tribe is doing you know the lineages whether it's lost or it's retained whereas we've kind of managed to like put a lot down on paper it seems um so so i think ayurveda has has a lot of like um again obviously it's all about local herbs and local plants and what exists here may not exist over there and so um but like um the panchkarma procedure is like a 21 day um kind of ceremony where you first um drink lots of oils to try and like um so so we have this um uh, cow-based oil called ghee i don't know if you've come across ghee before but it's like a, yeah the, it's it's, cl it's clarified butter exactly but purified and like the essence of, of what the the milk product is and you kind of just like drink lots of it and it seems really unhealthy but the idea is it like captures a lot of the toxins in the body and transfers them to the to the gut and then the idea is to purge those things so it's like then you take purgatives to try and like vomit those things out um, Varichana and Vamana, the two techniques, and I'm actually studying a little bit of that as well, so it's super interesting. Um, but you kind of let then try and purge it all out, and it's like two, three hours of purging. You feel like you've like literally taken your intestines out, similar to ayahuasca, to be honest. And then um, How that's supposed to. This procedure is called. Panchakarma. Pancha mean no. fine. 
So five it's, procedures. It's funny. It's funny because uh, a couple of days ago we were at the retreat and uh, Steffi's my wife's mom. She had some gut issues, so she went to Taita to complain. And guess what? She would guess what he gave her. He gave her half a glass of olive oil and and a, and a, and the purg and the purgative. Oh wow! There you go. So, yeah, they they definitely seem to be reading same books, you know, <laughs> in some library somewhere. And then the other thing, um, so I think ayahuasca would again did for me and I'm for for a lot of the, everyone pretty much that you know I met that the retreat was a lot of emotional release, right? And like trying to like release a lot of body-based tensions that exist in different parts. Um, and I think, you know, we, we trap a lot of our emotions in our bodies. And um, these methods are ways to release all of that energy. Um, and so there is another one called Vipassana, which is a meditation technique where the idea is to get closer, like develop, um, it's like a 10-day thing the first first retreat is like a 10-day silent retreat but you kind of like uh, hone in on your skills of really um uh, uh experiencing your sensations in your body and so as you do that kind of body scan um you realize where those blocks are and slowly as you see them for what they are so just face the pain as as it is in ayahuasca it all releases there's a lot of like emotional release in these um retreats as well i've been to one a lot of wailing crying etc like all of that comes out and so i think um very similarly this is another um thing that i've come across which is very very similar and obviously um like the practice of tantra is done in different ways um in all of our traditions and there's a lot of like um priests and medicine men so obviously it's really difficult in India to find like true ones because there's so many fake ones I'm guessing it's very similar it's also, difficult. So. It's also difficult here because for every uh, real uh, real title you have uh, 20 fake ones which is oh my god yeah but they have very similar so the, the experience of me sitting over there and what Taita was doing with La Wire you know the, the the leaves and the kind of like um spraying ayahuasca and all of that like it felt very similar to what we we call like charred folk and like these like there we go one of those <laughs> absolutely yeah no, so we use like peacock feathers a lot of like um uh sort of priests who do this stuff and like you call them in the house when there's like bad energies and they're supposed to like whack those bad energies out of you um titus do the same thing right? had <laughs> exactly. come over he brought yeah. the wire and the tobacco and some special sprays and just walked around them yeah. you know using the smoke and it's it has it seems to have something to do with plants or feathers as well in northern north yeah. american tradition they also use feathers to basically yeah. kind of like move something around sort of softening it up before like express exp exp expulging it yeah expulsion yeah that's a word <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> we'll go with it <laughs> yeah so there's that so the, like it felt so similar it felt like i was in like an indian like ceremony which I've never been to, but I've just seen, you know, even here, but um, the, the process just like felt so, so similar. And like smoke is used. I know in your ceremonies, you have like somebody walking around with those like mm -hmm. things. I don't know what you burn. Is it tobacco? It's called copal. It's called copal. Okay. It's a, 
uh, tree resin uh, dried and finely ground put on the coals and it creates this intense uh, smoke which, which smells pretty pleasantly it's like you know we 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 it's not i think this conversation is shouldn't be about even finding parallels i think it will yeah. be harder for us to find things that are not parallel like the <laughs> everything uh, is done in that uh, tradition in 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 india seems to be mirrored here and this really makes you ask a lot of questions right pretty amazing uh, um, let's talk about another one uh, I know, for example, in preparation for ayahuasca, the diet is very important and you need to eat in a special way or not eat in a special way. Are there any parallels like that in uh, Eastern uh, spirituality? Yeah, so diet has a super important role. We, we are what we eat, so that's, that one's pretty obvious. But like um, we often say that diet is supposed to be appropriate for the kind of work that you're doing. So... Um, say um, you were a king or whatever and you had to do grand big things you should eat sort of a rich high caloric kind of diet and it's it's named the rajasic diet right it's got a lot of like key oils rich foods um, and it's it gives you a certain energy to do that kind of work right the warrior for example should eat accordingly and all of that's written down but spiritual work they say needs to be a sattvic diet which is um, food that's largely plant-based vegetarian super easy to digest such that it goes through your system and you don't even feel the effects or the big strain of digestion so that you can put your energies into the spiritual work so the idea of yoga and like all this diet stuff is like your body should not even be contributing so say so again with 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 ayahuasca like you release all of that stuff right like the idea is to release all of it such that you don't even experience the body and then you quieten the mind and then you open yourself up to to what the universe is for real for the whatever the universal truth is so so exactly so there's that and obviously each of the foods are attributed qualities and what they do to the system so there's like foods with um which are called um kind of um high pranic foods meaning they help the prana so the prana is like the life force energy so these are like foods that are positively pranic and these are like the negative and these are the neutral and so if you eat accordingly you'll find that you need less um, to, cause you're gaining energy just by say working on your Kundalini and that's energy, right? So you don't require as much food when you're working on this stuff. And also whatever food you do eat for sustenance is, is positive, um, kind of helping mm -hmm. the problem. So, well, so that's, sort of what the, yeah. I work with, uh, with spirituality, but I still prefer to eat my warrior's diet. So <laughs> You're you're creating a, a business, so I think in, in no know. way, yeah, I'm still fighting a lot yeah. of a lot of small wars um, to just make it make it all happen. So, but I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, Taita doesn't seem to eat much at all. Like he he's yeah. very flexible with his diets, but um, he doesn't eat eat much at all. And and when you ask them about, for example, vegetarianism, or just about what what foods are they allowed to eat or not not allowed to eat. Uh, they they do eat meat in in their tradition, but it has to be a very specific type of meat. Like they they really uh, highlight the importance that the, before you eat the animal, you need to the animal has to live its full life cycle. Mm. So it has to be pro, obviously you would call it organic, happy yeah. chicken, and then it has to has to have had you know 
kids and that's interesting i don't know if there is any parallels in in, in eastern tradition to, to that sort of notion for meats yeah i'm sure there so the meats are not forbidden um i'm like i've been vegetarian since i was like born so i have like very little understanding of the other stuff but like um yeah i mean any any indigenous tradition um will say that the, the you need to be part of the ecosystem and part of the natural life cycle of, of of the food right and so it needs to have finished its life in order for you to then consume it um but yeah i haven't like really delved into the meat consumption part um mm. but certainly meats aren't and and certain ayurvedic doctors recommend meat for certain things so i imagine they have certain properties that will help cure ailments or like otherwise um to to kind of yeah uh let's talk about another parallel which is the the yeah. use of music in, in the ceremony and in the healing and to me two things sort of seem somewhat similar which is ikaros uh like chants and the mantras do, do you do you have any 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 opinion on that have you noticed that one um yes so when i was there um the the there were a couple of things there's the ikaros the the medicine music part which was beautiful by the way thank you so much um and um then of course what sort of the the, the sounds that taita makes when he's doing the healing work right um and they don't have they're not words per se i don't think they are anyway you can enlighten me if they are but like they sound um but if they were put into words they would sound like little chants um that that like so i think with music and sound it's very much um not the words, but the energy that the sound is carrying. Um, and so, yeah, like, like to, to, to me, it sounded super similar. Um, but yeah, mantras, um, like they're supposed to um, encapsulate the energies of like the primordial sound of the universe kind of thing. So they're supposed to capture it in certain ways and each mantra is supposed to invoke a certain um uh energy within you and you find resonance with that particular sound so i i, I remember like i think day one i think you must have asked caesar to play a particular mantra and because i knew it and i resonated with it it kind of blew up my kind of visual um side like uh, experience um and so i think we're all instruments right being tuned by music um and sound and I think that's a huge part of both our kind of traditions like chanting will tune our instrument in a certain way in the same way across all the other music and sound will tune our so I found that with um, having taken ayahuasca the um, certain whenever music started playing it would cause a physiological change in the body like you would feel sick afterwards or like it would do something it would cause a shift as soon as the music started it wasn't always consistent I like was yeah I don't I, I don't know what experience like you've had with several people noting this but like it's very pronounce what music does in those ceremonies <clears throat> absolutely we we know that and the, even uh, in when i'm instructing for example caesar what to play i always uh, you know caesar he's a little bit uh, he's a little bit difficult 
I always tell him like, you know, when people are very quiet and they're not purging, you need to increase the intensity and play songs that are like really powerful and they they will create the this this chaos and then and then the purge and then when people the are swirling, the swirling starts with it you know exactly. like it kind of stimulates it and that's really and interesting. when you and when you when everyone is like super quiet and sort of like falling asleep as well you need you need stronger uh, but then when it's a chaos and everyone is like releasing and there's a lot of a lot of noise then you quiet down and you and you and you sort of quiet people down with the music like for, for example me when i play in the ceremony it's also not just the music itself it's kind of like an intention i sort of envision myself singing and i uh, i mostly sing with my eyes closed for some reason uh, not only medicine music it's just it's a thing and then i envision sort of putting like a warm blanket around everyone sort of like uh, sending you know good vibes and people seem to feel it like they feel the difference yeah. and they notice it so and if you ask Taita, like, what is what is the music all about? What is uh, why harmonica? Why this? He will. Yes, uh, I'm very uh, curious about that. Yeah. Taitas yeah. normally say that they use sounds to harmonize the space. Uh, okay. So, let's say there's uh, somebody goes through a difficult process and there's like a little bit of chaos. If you allow it to be, and Taita doesn't come and help, then you see there's another person with chaos and another person with chaos, and then it. So then Taita comes out and starts, you know, with harmonica and with wire, he starts to like, and then, uh, or sometimes just with chants, uh, it's like, you know, and, and then uh, people start to like, calm down, calm down, calm down. And it's sort of like, it's sort of like there's a little fire and he like extinguishes it and otherwise it spreads and it's chaos, right? So they mm -hmm. use music to, to harmonize and uh yeah it's it's very wow. interesting uh music is you know it's kind of another universal language that i'm sure if you take uh an indian shaman that works in some specific tradition and then put him in an ayahuasca ceremony and let him do his chance right at home he will connect, he will yeah. connect with everyone and vice versa right uh, it's too bad you lost your soma because otherwise i'll be doing something <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, we can go to the Himalayas and try and find it again. <laughs> it's supposed to be in that region. So from Afghanistan to like the Himalayas, that's supposed to be where mm -hmm. it, like, it's roughly located. And obviously that's like beyond India now. So well, no as, soon really... as, we're done, as soon as we're done with this uh, life, I'm sure you're going to come out and, and start looking for it, right? And start hunting for Soma. It's yeah. okay, I'll just come back to you. <laughs> so it's the same so thing, I remember, think... it's the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted to talk to you about something personal, right? You're you're a mm -hmm. doctor, and you came mm -hmm. to our retreat. You work as a doctor in London, right? And uh, there there's this there's this thing about doctors and policemen, and like this time we had a fire 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 chief from London as well, and um, they all seem to be very sort of worried about sharing about their ayahuasca experience on like social media, and it's uh, there seems to be this taboo for people of those professions to have you know have emotions and have uh, emotional issues what, do you have any like, opinion on that um it's not that we're not allowed to have them we're just not allowed to express them so first of all the uk and i'm, I'm sure american similar but it's not quite the uk is well known for a stiff upper lip right you kind of just like take it and that's it and like you just have to deal with it yourself you're never going to share it with anybody else it's like a very 
British thing to do. Um, but yes, people in these professions um, see a lot. Um, they experience a lot of trauma. We see people dying in front of us. We need to be able to cope with that. Um, yet we are given hardly any tools to do that. Um, you know, um, so so the, you know whether it's um, you know you've you've tried to save somebody and you haven't been able to. You it might be a little debrief session with your seniors as to like what went wrong. But very technical. It won't really be about your emotions and what you took in and it's like a human life that you've just dealt with and so um, I'm guessing it's very similar with firefighters policemen etc we hold a lot of traumas um, but we're we're for some reason not given the tools and we don't have the tools does anyone really in the west have tools to try and figure out how to express and release uh, trauma it's it's it slowly yeah yeah so we just numb it we just we decide yeah. to just like um, become functional again with 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 these antidepressants so if we're feeling low great let's just take like um Upper. antidepressants just take uppers if we're feeling like a bit manic let's just take some benzos and get to sleep at night um these aren't permanent solutions they might help like you know they might put like a little plaster over your problem for like a short period of time but it wouldn't really get to the root cause of why you are this way um and obviously yeah, people who yeah, absolutely. And like people who go into these professions clearly have some sort of, you know, thing to work out, right? Like we need to figure out why we want to help people. We want to figure out like, why are you drawn to like these particular professions? What is it about them? Is it about proving it to somebody that you can do it? Is it about like, you saw so much chaos in your life before that, you know, you can deal with chaos and you've got a skill now because of what you've gone through, but like, it still hasn't like released out of you. Um, so it's those questions that I think we all need to kind of ask. And I don't think um, we often do, but uh, hmm. yeah. Do, do you mind uh, talking on a subject of you being a doctor? Do you mind if I share the story about uh, Titan and tobacco and what yeah, you saw? Yeah, okay, that's fine yeah i think it's very uh, fascinating so about a month ago right you messaged me and said you felt um strange and like a little bit energetically blocked and and yes like if i can ask Taita for any advice so i spoke to Taita, and uh, Taita normally says okay if you if you if you want me to look into some person uh, i need a photo and i need their full name so he, he looks, he sits down, lights the tobacco, he looks at your photo and your full name. I don't know how he does. It's kind of like, I guess, uh, a, a version of uh, spiritual Googling. And, yeah. then, and then he smokes the tobacco and he looks at the way the tobacco burns and starts to get some kind of hints and information from it. And uh, what really surprised me, he asked me like, oh, is, is she a healer? And I thought like, oh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to ask you if you do some kind of healing work. And then it struck me that you're a doctor, which is a healer. Right. And uh, and then, uh, yeah, he when I said you're a doctor, he smiled. And, and uh, because obviously he was correct somehow through that tobacco, he was able to see that. And then he said that um, when when you do your uh, healing work uh, as as a doctor, you know, in that sort of physical realm you also do part of it spiritually and you 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 keep some of the things people people are um, some of their energies and and people are you know it stays in you 
and and that's what causes that that disbalance so i don't know uh how how cool is that right very very cool like i mean and it just validates what i've always known about myself which is really interesting so i i do that i mean with my work of course but even with just normal life and people and relationships and um friends and whatever it's like i am the one that's sitting there holding people's pain like trying to like you know trying to see if i can find a find a solution for them heal i mean healing is you know i have no formal training in healing i'm doing doctor work you know like it's very western medicine but like um yeah so i know that i take on people's energies this is something i know about myself and so like it was interesting that he corroborated that um and very interestingly after it was after or before you told me this i'd actually watched a gabor mate um interview with tim ferris um he's promoting his new book at the moment and, like he speaks about how he himself was so he does like um uh integration work i think with uh, like his own retreats and stuff so he um went to a retreat and took a bunch of physicians actually took a bunch of doctors with him um and uh they were all doing their healing work after the first night he was chucked out of his own retreat the shamans came up to him and were like you're messing up people's energies like what's going on with you um and um he's like oh what is it and they basically highlighted two things one was you basically have done so much healing work on other people but you don't know how to discharge it and so you're holding a bunch of that within you and years and years of it and so like that's not helping and the other thing was um you're still holding on to some sort of like childhood trauma that happened to you very early in life where you were abandoned or something of that kind and um he always has a story about that that you can go and look up and stuff but he yeah being a uh um holocaust survivor and like his mom had to abandon him for a period of time and things like that and so that is and they they just saw that and like um so i think we have that problem <laughs> i think doctors healers um, the shamans know how to discharge their like emotions and we probably don't have the tools to that and like this is where like the eastern stuff like yoga and like somatically with body work discharge it every day you know like with meditation try and work and like discharge that but, like you need to be fine-tuned to what you hold and how you're holding it and I think that's the tricky part for us but yeah it's um super interesting way of discharging it and then um maybe help the other people in your types of profession to to learn how to do it um um speaking that's about some uh, sorry yeah. i said that's the work that's that's the, that's the challenge yeah that's the plan right speaking about <laughs> other things that would be considered uh unexplainable and a little bit woo woo uh i remember we talked about reiki right and uh, and uh, yes. and the healing so me me myself uh, for people who don't know i i did i did tell the story in a couple times is that my whole journey about starting the ayahuasca retreat started with the medicine experience in the Amazon jungle where medicine gave me the gift of healing with my hands, which is not easy for me to talk about because it's totally outside of my, my worldview. And I'm still mm -hmm. sort of now stuck in between those two worldviews of, um, and I'm trying to find my peace, trying to find my peace yeah. and create my own uh, worldview, which sort of includes both physical and because uh, you were like you're an engineer right or are yeah. or 
Yeah, I was so a, that's I a was a marine mechanical engineer. Like material worldview, right? Everything is matter. You have to construct yeah. it in certain Everything ways. Everything very, very much so about physical and like Latvia used to be part of Soviet Union, and you know religion was prohibited. So we grew up with zero religion, like um, zero spiritual. Everything was uh you know just about this this world and uh, and obviously now i understand this is not a healthy way of being but um so for me the the whole journey of starting a retreat began with that uh, experience of uh of uh, of given being given this information about healing with my hands which i'm still learning and occasionally get like a learning sessions from from ayahuasca about uh, how to do it but uh, there, uh, when I when I was describing this to um, one of the visitors here, happened to me, and this is what I've been shown, and it it it's largely about moving energies. So so it's it's either taking something from a person and removing it, or taking something from outside of the person and putting it in specific parts of the body. And and when I was describing exactly how it happens, he's like, yeah, but that's Reiki. That's like, he's he's a Reiki practitioner. It's like, that's what they teach us at the Reiki course. And I was like, well, that's that's pretty cool because I, I, I don't know what even Reiki is. And then uh, I remember talking about that to you and you say that uh, you, you know something about it, right? And uh, is, is Reiki an Eastern tradition? I think so. Again, I don't quite know where the roots are, but it is energy work. Um, it is basically working with energy, same as what Tantra is, in the sense that you you work with your hands and you're able to, I think it's a lot to do with like um, where you're directing your attention. So wherever your like attention is, that's where the energy flows. So like, that's why you have, say, Vipassana, where you're like scanning your body and you're like focusing your energy in those specific, your, your, your attention, in those specific spots and working out the energy kinks in those areas. And very similarly, you're supposed to direct like your whole body's energy or your heart energy, for example, you can imagine that your heart is sitting in your arm, in your hands, the palm of your hands. And if you want to do some kind of loving kindness, kind of healing for somebody, that's what you want to do. And you want to work with your chakras and their chakras and interact with them. Um, apparently chakras don't just sit stable in those like places you can actually move certain some of them around like where direct them as to where your attention is so I think um I don't know much about it um <laughs> but like this is sort of like there's a lot of like self-proclaimed Reiki masters around around here um one of my uncles is, is supposed to be one um so that, that's the sort of thing he describes and like you can actually feel so energy so Tai Chi, for example, is energy manipulation as well, right? And you're supposed to be able to feel like this ball of energy in your hands in between them. And actually, if you really hone down, you can feel the heat and the energy in between your hands. It's really quite, I don't know if you've had that experience, like if you're dealing with somebody's pain, for example, and you like focus your energy there, they'll start feeling a little bit of heat or something in that space. Um, something's happening. Medicine, something. science. I don't know. I don't know if they can explain it. <laughs> like, I mostly focus on the on the flow of the energy. That's that's what yeah. I feel. It's kind of like, you know, you you become a pump. <laughs> that's, how, <laughs> that's that's how it feels. Um, Where is it coming from? Like, is there a source that you're like channeling it from into, or? So, for example, uh, one of the examples when I had to do healing work because i'm I, it's not that i'm that, that i decide like oh, i'm going to go help this person 
if I drink during the ceremony, sometimes the medicine tells me, oh, you, you need to go help that person and that's what you need to do. And in that case, uh, she had, uh, you know, certain disease, uh, which, which I saw as a lack of uh, the life energy. And so I was sort of um, uh, listening and sort of focusing on the nature outside of the retreat and like, you know, sound of the river flowing and the trees and the, and the plants. And I was sort of pulling that life energy from the nature and I was putting that in the, like a specific part of the body till yeah. I till I could see that um, that the that organ, I could see that you went from being like a sort of waste, like a desert sort of empty space to starting to fill up with green. And then I could see a flower sort of blooming. And then that to me was a, an, a realization that the work has been done so i was like happy and like that's good and uh wow. yeah I, I, don't, so, like, I don't know you saw that like visually you saw that yeah like yeah, with your eyes it. open or like with your eyes shut no no like, with my eyes shut and obviously yeah. when drinking with ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. yeah and yeah. uh and uh, i don't know I, I talked to her a couple of months after that i actually need to check up on her as well if she's feeling better but she was very very skinny and she said after the retreat she gained like three kilos in three months so i guess that um, it's a sign do the same for me what is this you should come uh, help me <laughs> well uh honestly at the moment i'm still learning and i don't i don't say i'm a healer <laughs> or anything i'm just basically a low-level student and i only mm -hmm. do things when medicine tells me it's and it's very the instructions are very clear if you're at the retreat and i'm like oh you know i need to go do something then i will but it's a really rare thing it's it happens to me once once every six months yeah and, and last time i did it it was basically me putting a hand on on the part that hurts and then sort of focusing on it and and it's it's a lot to do with like colors and shapes mm -hmm. the way i see the pain and then i need to like remove it and then in place of pain put in once again the energy of some kind of life you know one of one of the four elements it seems to be but and it also has to, wow. a lot to do with, with chakras and like kind of, yeah. it's, it's as if I'm trying to, um, you know, like when you use the defibrillators to like start somebody's heart, it's kind of similar, but I'm trying to like sort of. Uh, um, Instead of electricity, it's like energy. Just like a rank, rank up their energy. Yeah, it's like, but it doesn't come from me. None of it comes from me. Basically, what so you're, I am, you're like a channel, right? Like as a channel, like yeah, that. as a as a as a pump. I just get uh, instructions and I say, pump this from here to there, and and, and it's very so. So you're told uh, like specifically like oh for this this element is needed like fire yeah. or water or whatever like yeah. So and and if you ask Taita, he will say the same thing. He's, he will always say, I'm, do, I'm doing none of it. It's basically, I'm just uh, conveying something. And I think that's a very healthy way of seeing it because there's a lot of people that have a lot of huge spiritual ego and then, you know, they want you to kiss their feet or something like that. But, which is, mm, yeah, I don't know much about it. But you can't be a channel. A lot of questions, kind of... very few answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the elements thing is super interesting because obviously with ailments, like with Ayurveda, what I'm studying as well is like often a lack of a certain combination of elements. So like each food is considered to have either fire and water, like it's composed of like, I mean, it's five elements or whatever. It might be different for you, but like 
they're supposed to each food item is supposed to be composed of different combinations of these five and then your body is supposed to be composed of different combinations of these five and each process is slightly different in what it uses for example digestion is a digestive fire right um and so yeah like the fact that you're, you're saying like certain elements were missing in somebody and you've tried to like pull that energy and put it in them that's super interesting too because that's what we try and do with food and herb treatments and everything so that's cool yeah and it's and it's very clear right uh, let's say i'm doing that um i have like hand one hand on the part that hurts and the other hand sort of like collecting energies like with my fingers spread and sort of like antennas right and then yeah. if i go like oh I, I i go like oh i need something from from the ground and i go in my hand and then it's like oh i need something from from up oh it's it's really strange because like i don't know anything about it once again i don't know about See, this is what's fascinating about diet. us so it's because... another it's another parallel in i guess in yeah. methods of healing I mean, the parallel between you and I is the fact that like we come from such mechanistic ways of looking at the world and then and then for some reason all of this like we're not saying we, we know anything about it but it it's super interesting and it's challenging our worldview that we held for the longest time right like I came in a skeptic <laughs> I don't I don't you know like um I'd heard about ayahuasca but I hadn't like really you know it's a different thing experiencing it for sure like you you go back a believer i'm still a skeptic though right and that's the that's the weirdest part i'm like i i, do a, healing, a, I do a yeah. healing on someone <laughs> and, it, and it works and i still like no you're full of how? shit. Like, but how but how but like why yeah. why is it you're full of shit. this is garbage like you're just crazy and then i'm like but then when i'm in that state i believe it 100 percent. and and for me like yeah. it's a big conflict right now i need to sort of find where i sit because i still let's be honest uh, in, in the world of uh, spirituality and this healing 99% of things is bullshit like there's so many people trying to claim something and make something money out of something and yeah. that's why it's so watered down and, and that's why it's so hard to believe because it's really hard to find something that really works but if you look at Taita's work and all this unexplainable things you really re you really realize like when when somebody is real it is real like i'll, I'll give you an example like the retreat did just ended two days ago mm. the guy was like uh he was at his darkest throughout the whole retreat and he was just basically under the blanket going through the hardest trip ever and he says exactly at that moment taita just runs up to him takes the blanket off him and starts he starts helping him and he's like how the hell did he know that I was in that space? And and it happens every retreat. There's one person that's like exactly where where when I needed him, he came because otherwise he doesn't bother you. You you you'll rarely see him. He'll be there in the kiosk, meditating and sort of seeing things. So it's it is real, but it's still really hard for me to accept. Uh, so somewhere. hard to accept. It's really, really difficult. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's been, it's I, been drummed, drummed into us, you know, like for for, for our entire life, lifetime. But, you know, like you go into that space, whatever that world, and it's very real when it happens. Like it's very like you feel a presence of somebody else there with you in your mind. And that's like, and you can, you know, there's ways of looking at hallucinogens and like psychedelics and what they do to you, right? Like we were talking about the default mode network and the mechanism of that. And like, 
Um, so, so that's like the egotist mind chatter that you have about yourself. So what psychedelics supposed to do is like quieten that part of your brain. So you become an antenna for the rest of the universe. And so like you start like becoming more receptive to what else is going on. That's supposedly how it works, but that's so mechanistic. Like that feels very simplistic and reductionist. Whereas with ayahuasca, there's a presence that's doing that to you and with you and like taking you like on this journey and like everyone's having the same kind of experience so they can't all be lying and making shit up right like there's something here that's like slightly different there is a spirit with a plan of some sort now what does that mean to like put into the wider world context like oh plants have spirits oh okay (laughs) they're not inert things that like you know you're supposed to ravage and you know they have intelligence they have wisdom in the same way that we do we just are not tuned to it um so clearly we need to readjust the way we're functioning in this world to like you know um recalibrate a bit and like open our minds to other possibilities yeah find a worldview that includes all of those things and there is no conflict (laughs) it's kind of like a conflict between uh you know newtonian physics and quantum physics it's like they're both real but they don't and and i think they're conflicting yeah, there's yeah, no no theory similar. that matches. There is the this world, there is a spiritual reality, yeah. and there is probably something in between. And uh, yeah, but for, for me personally, it uh, really um, <laughs> messes you know, with play, our mind, plays, right? messes with my mind. And as yeah. I mean, as as all of you who are watching this probably can see, we have a lot of questions, very few answers. But it's important <laughs> to ask those questions to start thinking those thoughts, and you know. We should do another episode 10 years from now and uh, maybe we'll have a <laughs> See answer. where we're at. Have we gained any yeah. more understanding see, of this? See if so we it out and maybe, maybe by then uh, we'll be doing uh, lives uh, in totally in spiritual world without any... Oh, emotion. yeah. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, tune in on such time, you know. Telepathic meditate. channel 331. <laughs> which is another bizarre thing because Titans do communicate remotely with each other. What? Uh, wow. Yeah. Yep, and uh, once again, using a tobacco, they can, yeah, so many questions, so little answers, but I think uh, on that note, we will we'll wrap up, and um, uh, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, another thing, when you do come to the retreat, please don't come seeking me out and asking to heal you for <laughs> something, because I, I don't know how to do it, Oops. unless unless the medicine specifically yeah. tells me to do it, so yeah, uh, give me another maybe 40 years when I'm Titus age. And I can uh, control it and do it on on demand, but as of now, yeah, I'm just uh, just just learning, and and it's it's fascinating this whole world that uh, no matter how bizarre this world of spirituality is, but it makes me feel very much liberated because there's so much more to explore and so much more to learn because it feels like. Like I remember growing up, I, I really liked adventure books and I would read books and I'd be, I read the entire, in the library that we had in, in the, um, in our neighborhood, I read all adventure books and I was like, and I just realized that there's nothing left to explore. Like you can't, you can't just go jump on Humans the ship have and done it all. <laughs> find a new continent. Somebody have done it all. And I was like, what am I going to, what am I going to explore? This is so boring. This is, this is X. And then, uh, now discovering the psychedelic i realized that this world you go to and this worlds and paradigms and you know parallel universes you go to on psychedelics is might be much bigger than this reality which for me personally is really exciting because there's so much more to explore and understand 
like there's there's nothing we understand about it so yeah i'm Absolutely. really excited it is a journey not a destination we just have to keep exploring Kindly, thank you for for coming and thank you for teaching us uh, a little bit about eastern tradition and uh, i really hope you find a way you know to help all those uh, doctors to uh, you know heal themselves and clean themselves I, I really you know i really think you have a passion for that and maybe next time you're you're on it you'll be uh, you're on our po podcast maybe you'll be you know you'll write a book or something you know it's it's time to act it's time to act i'm trying to find my path um, let's see where it leads me but yeah book books book might be in the works let's see yeah book, <laughs> a book a course you know something that people can find and and learn uh, meanwhile you said you do have a blog right would you would you want oh to my god it? yeah um yeah sure i'll put it in you can put it in the description later i, I will do Don't that know. and um yeah thank yeah. you thank you for coming and it's uh oh it's, thank you for having it's a me. fascinating subject it was a fun discussion thank you so much yeah uh thank you kindly and i'll 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 see you in 10 years in another in another one not before so. then what no no i mean <laughs> i'll see you at the retreat hopefully sometime <laughs> next year but uh i mean 10 years from now we'll do another episode where we'll provide the answers for all the questions that we asked <laughs> this one absolutely bye oh. bye everyone <laughs>